0: Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay. So today I have invited Suzanne Levy back on the podcast. If you missed Suzanne's um, first interview with me, we actually had a conversation today. I'm, I'm going to interview Suzanne, um, but let me tell you a little bit about her before we begin. So Suzanne Levy is a professional coach specializing in holistic wellness and peak performance. She helps women and men develop a personalized plan to enhance performance and positive change in both their personal and professional lives. Suzanne is at the cutting edge of the coaching field and is in the first ever group of professional coaches to be credentialed by the National Board of Medical Examiners as a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. Suzanne's background is rooted in the fields of positive psychology, utilizing goal setting and behavior change strategies. She's also a certified positive psychology coach, a certified health and wellness coach, and a certified mentor coach and holds credentials from the International Coach Federation, the leading global coach organization. Suzanne lives in Evergreen, Colorado, with her husband, a psychologist, her son, who just graduated from CU Boulder, and their three rescue dogs. Welcome back to the podcast, Suzanne.
1: Thanks, Kim. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you back. And today I'm going to interview you as opposed to having a conversation. So we're going to hear... A lot more from you today, which is great. Um, since you were on the podcast already once, I'm not going to ask you about the me time uh, question that I ask every first time guest. So we're just going to go right into sure. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So okay. So I reached out to you recently because you wrote this incredible blog. I'm on your list, so I get your blogs. You wrote this blog, I think, what's called a simpler life, and you mentioned in there that you went to go see the the new movie, uh, Little Women, uh, recently, and you just loved it and it was really well done and, and all of that. And so it got you thinking about you know the simpler life. So I'm not gonna say any more because I want you to share a little bit more uh, about how this movie just inspired you, first
1: of all, to write this blog post that I really enjoyed. Thank you again for inviting me on, Kim. I found I got a lot of response to that particular blog, and and I think it really struck a chord with a lot of people because apparently a lot of people are feeling that life ha- has become so complex, right? Mm-hmm. And when I went to see that movie, first of all i'm i'm a crazy reader and that was one of my favorite books reading when i was growing up Mm -hmm. and so i couldn't wait to to see the movie and what i liked about it and what inspired me was really the simplicity of of what motivated the characters in the movie how -hmm. they lived and what was important to them and for example, Jo, who's the, the one of the lead characters, uh, she was motivated by her desire to be uh, to be a writer and to to contribute great literary uh, you know works to the world. And she didn't want to just in what in her mind this took place in the early uh, I believe it takes place around the early 1860s or Mm. sometime around the Civil War, and and so most of the options back then for women were pretty limited, but yet she saw more for herself. All of the characters just had this very simple, kind of almost one-pointed outlook on what was important for them, and it just made me think of how, you know, we all juggle so many different things today. And how just bringing it back sometimes to, to that single focus, that one-pointedness, mm. is can be so enriching. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, having that single focus, that one, I like how you said that one-point outlook, that one, yeah, that one focus. I've used this, I've used this little Chinese proverb many times, but he or she who chases two rabbits catches none. Right. So if we, yes. I mean, but often we have so many rabbits that we're trying to chase and not only can we not like do them all because there's not enough time, but also we end up not doing very well at any of them because we're spread too thin in so many different ways. Um, So that's exactly. interesting how they had this one point focus that you share. Yeah, this outlook.
1: Mm-hmm. For example, the mother, she was a mother. I mean, that was her whole life, was being a mother to these girls. And one of the daughters had artistic leanings. And then Joe had leanings toward writing. And Meg had leanings toward really, she just, she wanted to be a mom and a mother and a wife. And unfortunately, uh, I don't know how much you know about the story, but uh, Beth was just, the kind one of the family who just, who just, you know, just had this big heart and unfortunately was very ill. So they all had these simple desires and, and hopes for their life. And what I loved about it was that they they had this, this bond and this love that threaded it all together Mm -hmm. for all of them Mm -hmm. that held them together. Right. Yeah. So, what was it
0: about Joe that inspired you specifically to write about a simpler life?
1: Oh, you know, it's funny because I think when I was growing up, I I admired Joe so much because I wanted to be Joe. Mm. Uh, I always thought I I just thought it would be so neat to write, and now I get, I do get to write today. You do. So yeah. I guess that that has happened for me, <laughs> but I just. I liked her independence. I liked her spunk. I liked her not wanting to conform to what everybody else expected mm-hmm. of of a young lady at that point in time uh But again, I think what really kept drawing me in was was this underlying love and and the bonds that that they had together that no matter what direction any of them were going in, they all brought it back to this love for each other. It always came back to that. Mm -hmm. And how simple is that?
0: That's, yeah, there you go. Right? Yeah. When you talk about a one point outlook,
1: let's talk about
0: this from a wellness perspective. We're both wellness coaches. So Why do you think it's important to simplify our lives? Speaking from a wellness perspective, what are your thoughts?
1: You know, I think simplifying our lives can extend to so many different parts of our life, Kim, Mm -hmm. including our wellness. Mm. I think because we have so many choices and options available to us, today right yeah that sometimes we tend to overcomplicate things such as nutrition or you know should i do zumba should i go to the gym should i do yoga should i you know take up running all of these we have a lot of options and a lot of choices and really being healthy staying well and you know this as well as i do you know is not that complicated Right you know it 's about eating healthy food and drinking lots of water, making sure we move mm-hmm. a certain amount in our lives it 's about connecting to other people it 's about uh, following our own passions very often right mm-hmm. uh, it's about financial wellness mm-hmm. right i mean there's so many pieces to wellness, and I think For example, I talk to clients sometimes who want to know, should they try keto or should they try intermittent fasting or should they go back to paleo? You know, there's all these different types of of eating programs now that we can choose from. And yet, and I'm not knocking any of those things, by the way. I mean, I think whatever works for you, it's individual choice but healthy eating is not as that complicated. Again, I think it's part of it is just cultural cuz now we have tons of choices available to us and it can get really confusing.
0: Mhm. It that's that's really true. Yeah. And because you know, we just have advertising just thrown in our faces left and right on every screen that we're on, we have advertisements for different diets and different ways of eating and so yeah people are confused and they kind of don't know what to what to do but you're so right like it's not like healthy eating is not complicated we make it complicated and um companies want us to kind of try their way right of of eating um because they have things to sell you um but we know that it's you know, it's, it's eating healthy, uh, whole foods in an appropriate quantity, and that's different for everybody, right? So, so yeah, I, I like how you shared that because it, it is really true with nutrition. It is complicated. And then also, like you mentioned, with exercise, you know, should I try Zumba? Should I do Pilates? Should I do yoga? Should I do HIT training? You know, I mean, there's so many different things to choose from. When it would be best to just stop thinking about it, choose one and kind of commit to it for a little while, see how you like it. And then, you know, if it's working great, if it's not, then you try something new, you know, like wellness is a, it's a lifelong process. I mean, I'm still figuring things out about myself, about how I want to eat, what's going to work best for me, uh, um, you know, exercise as well. And, you know, just changing things up and trying new things. And it's an ongoing process. Let's talk now about values. Okay. Because values, I think are, really important especially if we have so many choices and there's so many options out there uh, when it comes to i mean wellness right and you talked about many different things including financial wellness but if we're if we want to take the simpler life approach and have a one-point outlook have a single focus um then values are important so share share with us a little bit about how simplifying our lives makes room for the things that are important to us.
1: Well, I think first of all, it's important to define what is important to us, right? Because if if uh, let's say, for example, uh, having a big house and driving a fancy car, and um, you know, taking you know, fantastic trips twice a year. Nothing, I don't have anything against any of those things either. But if those are our primary values, then our, our values will drive the choices we make, right? So maybe if we may be working, you know, a lot more than we would like to be, we may be spending less time with our family or loved ones than we, than we would like to, but we're, if we value these things more, then those are the things that are gonna determine our choices, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an extreme because I don't know a lot of people personally <laughs> that value, you know, how can I put it, you know, their outward circumstances more than they value their families. But for a lot of people, those things are really important. And sometimes they'll drive themselves into the ground in order to get them. And then when day, you know, their kids grow up and they realize, wow, I haven't spent time with them, you know, and I, that's important to me. So I think first, it's really important to know, to define our values. What is the most important, what are our values? What's most important to us? And from there, we can start to make choices about how we want our lives to look and maybe what we want to keep and maybe some things that might need to go, Mm -hmm. right? Right,
0: right. Yeah, again, a simpler life means often for us because we have, you know, this is the thing too. We might not think we're like wealthy, because maybe we're not in the top 0001.1% of, you know, right, financial right. wealth, let's say. But the fact is is that we are probably in the 1% of wealthy people in the entire world. And I would right. I think it's safe to say that anybody listening to this that has the opportunity and has the time to listen to a podcast like this is also included in that 1% of the most wealthy people in all the world because wealth also It's not just about money and possessions and belongings, but it's about time. Then the problem becomes, because we have time, we have so many different choices, you know, so we have to make sure that, I love what you said, that our values are going to determine our choices. So we need to figure out what are our values um, and how are we going to spend that time?
1: I I think that's the starting point right I, I mean one of the things I know you know that that for example I I really value peace I value having peace in my life mm-hmm. and so I, I try to set my life up in a way that that sets the stage for a peaceful day so I meditate in the morning I pray I exercise which to me is clears my head, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I surround myself with peaceful, positive people who contribute to my life, and I hope I contribute to theirs. I um, really personally value time with my my husband and my son, so I make time for those things, and I make time to visit with my friends on a regular basis because those all add to my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when we start to really consider what's important to us and how we want our lives to look, we can then start to set ourselves up to head in that direction. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Right. Mm, right. You can't, um, you know, if we're in a high stress job and you know, maybe we need to be in that high stress job for the time being and take some time to look for something that might be more compatible with, how we want to be and who we want to be but we can't you know if we have obligations and rent to pay or mortgage to pay we have to you know we have to be smart about what we're doing and and um, use our judgment however we can start looking in that direction we can start looking in the direction
0: yeah because i mean we have to value our own self-care i mean i i mean that's what my challenges to everyone listening all the time is to value that self-care, right? To put time toward um, and and sometimes money toward self-care. So let's get into now if somebody's listening because they want to simplify their life. Uh, Again, you wrote this really great blog post and I hope people go and read it, but um, let's talk about how to simplify your life and and what are some ways that people can start to do this or or what where's a good place to start uh what do you think
1: i think doing something along the lines of a values exercise i'm a coach so that's kind of the model i come from Mm -hmm. you can find a values exercise on the internet if you look for it or you can you know, go to a coach and, and sit down for a couple sessions and try to sort all that out. There's a lot of ways that you can just write down what is important to me, you know, what do I value most? You know, is it health? Is it relationships? Is it, you know, um, personal growth? Is it contribution? Is it financial stability? Write these things down and, and start to narrow them down to what your top ones are. Mm -hmm. and from there you can start to look at your life you know bring the it's kind of like bringing the lens out somewhat and start to look at the bigger picture of your life and okay does this over here you know coincide with what's important to me uh is you know i am if I really value health and I'm not really exercising and I haven't been watching, you know, what I eat very well, and maybe I need I'm, you know, somewhat overweight, maybe I need to take a look at that. Like what do I need to do to have my values align with what I'm doing in my life, right? Walking my talk, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And, and even asking this question, I think I, I, um, I wrote a blog post about this recently. Do you really value it? You know, if you say you value it, then how do you know? What are you doing to show yourself that you value that? I think that's a legitimate question because I think sometimes mm-hmm. we want to have certain values. But again, we can't have just like priorities We can't have, not everything can be a priority and not everything can be a value or a top value, let's say not, I mean, maybe health and exercise and fitness or nutrition or whatever is a value, but maybe it's not a top value and maybe you want it to be a higher value, but it's not at the time because you keep putting it off or you keep making excuses or whatever it is, you don't follow through on that. So I think it's important. It's a hard question to ask yourself. Like, do I, I say I value my health, but Mm -hmm. do I really?
1: Exactly. And no, it's interesting because I read this wonderful book a year or two ago called Essentialism Mm -hmm. uh, by Greg McKeown. And one of the things he talks about in the book is the fact that in corporate America today, different teams for example or departments will say well these are our priorities Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. plural in the past priorities is is a new a new invention or a new take on the word priority in the past priority was single it was not everything can be a priority or you can't have five things as a priority one thing is a priority that's your priority so if my family is my priority, you know, it can't be my family, my job. And again, you know, we have kind of, um, you know, turned it around a bit in, our, in society today because we will say we have lots of priorities. My family, my friends, my dogs, my health, my my personal growth. But yet think about, you know, what we have done now in going back to chasing two rabbits right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have all these priorities which one do i pay attention to today yeah and you know there's another
0: thing that i really liked about your blog post one of the areas you talked about was slowing down
1: Mm. No, and i think
0: i mean you can share your take on it but when i read that the first thing that came to mind was the fact that you know, we're going so fast and things are happening so quickly around us. And of course, we have like the news cycle, which is going on 24 seven. And we have, right? you know, people who need us to do things and we have responsibilities and we have all these different things happening that it's hard to simplify your life or even think about what's important when you're just trying to kind of stay afloat with all of these different things so can you talk about how why I guess slowing down is important in this whole I you know this whole process of simplifying your life
1: yes for sure you know for me I think a lot of that is about you know when we slow down when we rush through our day let me rephrase that when we rush through our day we can't really be paying attention to yeah everything right because we're preoccupied we need to get to where we're going the phone is ringing we need to answer the text uh you know we've got all these things going and and slowing down really to me is about being more mindful mm-hmm. and paying attention to again what maybe one thing at a time right what a concept or um you know pay attention to what the next thing is for us to do not you know, I need to do this while we're thinking three tasks ahead. Mm -hmm. I think when, and I've been trying to do this more in my own life, just by the the simple act of trying to go slower, I automatically feel like I'm paying closer attention to what's in my Mm presence because I'm there. (laughs) I'm not three steps ahead already.
0: Yeah. I think what we're, talking about here is like simplifying our mind. I know it doesn't sound like a great thing, (laughs) but, um, you know, that is really my challenge every day. Um, so my partner and I, we do a take five every morning, which is like a very, very short mindfulness exercise with breathing and, you know, grounding and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to set an, an intention for why we're practicing mindfulness. And my intention is always so that I can slow down more and focus on one thing at a time and do really well at that task at hand, even if it's something as mundane as replying to an email or commenting on a post, you know, tagged me in or something. I mean, it really begins there and it's so hard to do if we don't have a practice of trying to slow down our minds you know, because our minds like to go all over the place and we really can't control that, but we have to slow down in order to be aware of that. And I'll even do things because our our body and our mind are connected, right? I'll try to just move a little slower physically so that my my, mind, it'll be like a message to my mind to slow down as well.
1: Right. And and I love what you said about taking that time at the beginning of the day to do a grounding because I think one of the, the most valuable things we can do is to give ourselves that a time, you know, during the day. And I take it in the morning myself, you know, so I'll meditate in the morning, I do a bit of journaling in the morning, I'll write my intention for the day. And all of these things help me to not just slow down but to to put it into practice so I'm learning to to take things slower and I'm and by doing it on a consistent basis I find it helps me to be more mindful as I go through my day Mm -hmm. sometimes you know I'll just if I feel like I'm getting a little too caught up in whatever there's a part of me now that's kind of like the observer part that, okay, well, what was your intention for the day? The intention was to really, you know, be present with with the people in your life today. So are you doing that right now? No, because I have all these other things. You know, I'm focusing on, well, let's bring ourselves back. We can do that mm-hmm. and and just it's practice. It's like anything else, right? The more we practice something, the the better we can become at
0: it yeah and i think we need to remember that our environment influences our wellness and so when we have this crazy chaotic environment even just clutter around the house or your office or your desk or wherever that is or clutter in your relationships um, meaning there are people in your life that you that are not contributing positively to it Um, And another area is like you, you mentioned here in your blog was, was unnecessary communication. And I think that was like the very first point that you put there. And I thought that was great Mm. because it is so true. We have like so, so many communication channels, right. And, um, and, and limiting that because we know that when we're, when we always have a device in front of us, it raises our cortisol levels and we when our cortisol levels are raised right. it's it's unhealthy for our bodies right, and we hold on to fat and you know our blood pressure raises, and all these different things so um you know kind of for the last point here, would you share a little bit more about that limiting unnecessary
1: communication and why it's important for us to do that? You know, I learned something so valuable from a coach of mine years ago. And she said, "When you when you're responding, for example, to an email, there's a cutoff point, right? When you've gotten the information you need to get, but many times, lots of us, and I've been guilty of this too, feel like we need to, okay, you know, send one more, like, okay, thank you, I understand what you mean now, or thank you, have a great day. Sometimes we don't need that extra email. So think." for a minute when you're about to send an email is it necessary or are you cluttering up someone else's inbox mm. and so that was one thing and then you know it's for me also I have learned to wait when I have uh, group emails Kim mm-hmm. and you know I used to feel like because I like to get things done so I'd respond right away and just take care of it right away and yet very often, if I wait for a while and let others respond, some of what maybe I was going to say gets resolved. And maybe I just, ha- all I have to do is chime in and say, that sounds great to me. I'll go with that. So pausing, just pausing, you know, and, and honestly, a lot of the time I turn my phone off, I turn off notifications, especially if I really need to get some focus work done, I, I have to have that that time and I set a time limit on it so that you know I know I'm not going to be uh out of out of communication for the next three days it's only for the next 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and I can do that right I mean that's doable so just these little just doing again some little mindful practices as we go through our day like do we really need to respond to that text, email, what, you know, is this a necessary communication? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So I know for me, I just have learned to to pause, to pause and ask myself that. And that helps me a lot and saves time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. I'm going to put your email address in here, including your links to social media pages that you have. So, if you're listening here and you like what we're talking about, um, take a look at Suzanne's website and possibly get on her email list because she does have a really great blog. So, Suzanne, my friend, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It was so great to talk with you, as always.
1: Always good to talk to you. Thanks, Kim.
0: If you find the Me Time Midlife Podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more Me Time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, Consider joining our Me Time Midlife community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to MeTimeMidlifePodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.